Redden picked up the point on the banks of the River Sinsel to kick off an uh, extra busy festive period. While some believed it was a positive point, it still leaves us very much in the basement zone of League One. Welcome to episode 363 of the Tau SM podcast. Uh, joining me a little bit later than he planned this week, as always, is Ross. Uh, we're going to have a chat about the Imps, um, which is a crazy name for a football team when you think about it, really. It's just weird one. Weird one. Really, really weird. First um, in football, too. But anyway, I digress. Yeah. Ross, you, you want to apologise to everyone first, don't you? Yeah. Well, yeah, it was blowing a bit of a hoolie in uh, Maine this week. And, don't know what that means. Do it in you English. Blowing a hoolie? That's an English phrase. What nah, are you talking about? Literally Welshman. never heard of it. Welshman. Uh, my wife likes that phrase. That's one of the British phrases that she's picked up off me. But uh, yeah, no, it's blowing a bit of a hoolie up here in Maine, guys. So sorry about that. But I was out of power for about 48 hours here. So I've had a, a fun little bit of time clearing my fridge out, uh, which was full of uh, what we'll call forbidden steaks. And uh, well, do you know what? I was actually going to ask you about food because it's, it's yeah. very nearly Christmas because we're doing right. this. Um, we're recording this on Thursday, which was not by design. We wanted to much earlier on in the week, but whatever. It was blowing up whatever he said it was doing. Um, what is what would you say is your favourite piece of Christmas food? Um or Christmas themed food. Yeah, no, that's a good question. The since I moved to America, the humble mince pie has gone way up in my estimations because they're not mm. common. When I tell people that mince meat is fruit based, they look at me like I'm insane over yeah. here. Uh, so, uh, that's always funny. Uh, pigs and blankets are the obvious go-to, but really for me, there's nothing better than a proper, like a, a really good roast potato, like a one, mm. ones that are done really well, you know, goose fat and all that good stuff. So Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, actually, do you know what? That's not, yeah. Do you know what? I'd kind of looked at roast potatoes as a given. Yeah. Well, you know what's funny though? They're not over. So I did a thanks. I did Thanksgiving dinner for the first time here this year, and I had to make mashed potatoes because that's what the Americans expect uh, for with their roast dinner on Thanksgiving. But I made roasties as well because I am still English, believe it or not. <laughs> uh, and uh, I made the best roast potatoes I've ever made in my life. I was very happy. Those things were covered in Mexican-based lard, uh, and uh, whew, I recommend basically. All sounds alright to be fair. I mean, pigs and blankets. I always think it's a bit of a cop out. Really? For me, it's bread sauce. I absolutely love bread sauce, and the reason I like it is a because it's very simple. B because you don't tend to get it. You know, you can make it anytime, yeah. obviously, in the freedom of your own kitchen. But yeah. you can't get it ready made until Christmas. Um, yeah. And I, I just like it, and also because no one else in the house likes it, so I just sit there with like a a vat of it basically and just there you, you go know. there you go there's uh, something that you eat around the holidays here called green bean casserole which is sort of like yeah. a mushroom based casserole with green beans all over it and like crispy fried onions and i'm the only one in our family that likes that so it's a good time for me uh when yeah. that comes around so yeah um, yeah i know well we're, we're hungry for points and we got one against lincoln which we're going to talk about right now uh, in the uh, the recap. Come rain or shine, it's time to relive the latest match action with the recap. This podcast is sponsored by ZCZ Films, Reading's oldest ultras. Alrighty, before we talk about that well-earned point or uh, two drop points or however we see it across the fan base, there's been a massive split um, in how that result is is currently viewed. Uh, massive thanks, as always, to ZCZ Films. Uh, they don't give us Christmas bonuses because we don't expect them and we, we don't need them, but they have supported us financially all the way through 2023 as a calendar year uh, and continue to do that into 2024. Uh, and hopefully they will continue to do it into 2025 as well. Um, so thank you very much to those guys. Um, right, Lincoln, the Imps. Lincoln City FC. Um, it, you know, we we plan to record this on Monday, um, and and I think having had uh, you know time to reflect on it, I kind of changed my opinion quite a lot on the on the result. Um, I, I I think in in the grand scheme of things, is a positive point, but it's only a positive point if we actually pick up some wins over the festive period. And we're going to talk about those kind of that block of four, which are going to come quick and 
and fast, quick and fast. Is that even a thing? You know, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, but it, but you know, we've got four games in in quick succession. That's the phrase I was looking for. Quick succession. Um, so it's a platform to build on it. Do I think we played particularly well in the game? No, I don't. Um, I think that some of the reaction was probably a little bit over the top in terms of performance. Um, we, we'll start from the very beginning, which was, I think, three minutes where we conceded that goal, something like that, two, three minutes. Yep. And for me, that that goal is up there with the horror show from Nibs against Shrewsbury for their first goal, when he could have just cleared it, but he didn't. Honestly, that, that goal against Lincoln was absolute trash. Um, and I, you know, looking back on it several times and, you know, Ross looked at it just before we, we jumped onto this recording as well, just to remind himself of that. There were, th- th- well, there was one big issue really, and that was Michael Craig, because he, you know, if you watch that goal back, he he stopped, he stopped his run. He let the guy uh, cross the ball in. And we all know <laughs> as football fans and as, as very average, in my case, football players, you always stop the ball at source. doesn't matter if you're defending or not. You always try and stop that ball from getting into the danger zone. Um, Ross, talk us, talk us through that goal because I, I yeah. thought it was absolutely disgusting, to be honest with you. I think I'm going to – this is a really interesting one because I think I'm going to break – you're making me want to break this down in a, in a video sometime because I'm still watching this thing in like quarter speed. And there are, yes, Michael Craig makes a mistake, um, but I can see what he's doing in the slowed down replay. There's a line of four players that I'm looking at here, and that line is Dorset, Makairu, Craig, and Abby. And the four of them together sort of conspire. And you could throw Holmes in here too, but Holmes is closest um, to to you know to the to the guy he's marking. It looks like a, a big defensive communicative mix up again. So, as the, you know, Dorsett's lost his man down the side, which has happened quite a bit since Dorsett came back into the team, by the way, worth noting, he hasn't been quite as good um, since coming back from injury. Michael Craig is then distracted by the guy arriving late into the box who's calling for the ball. So, Craig, I can see him turning around basically to look at the guy and, and make sure he's cutting out that angle. The issue is that that leaves only Makairu chasing the ball back um, and he's not able to get in in the way, basically. So he's stuck uh, chasing a man. And then Abby is right in front of the guy that Holmes already has. He's not pressing the guy either. So there are three guys there really with an opportunity to press um, the person who's making his way into the box and none of them do it. Um, this one for me is a communication issue, but a lot of our goals come from that right seam um and and people getting into the box too easily um especially when they're coming from wide positions so yeah i think it's worth noting dorset not quite as good um since he's come back however um this is the only shot from lincoln all game right they they don't do anything again for the rest of the game there is 68% possession for reading in the first half so for me this is sort of the aberration in the game and um we were totally in control of this one i'll i'll, I'll finish up my point here with the um what this is starting to feel like this little stretch to me um do you remember the second half of Paunovic's first season when reading were quite comfortably in the playoffs and we slowly sort of drifts our way down that for me is how we're playing right now where we've got a lot of games where we're thoroughly in control in my opinion um but we can't quite um we're not clinical enough and we're not finishing our chances enough um and and that's causing issues maybe a little less in some places but like i've said a lot recently i think we've been playing a lot better since november um and we're playing like a, a more like a top 10 team like more like this sort of team like lincoln a team that we again restricted to 32% possession in the first half. Um, this is the level we're at for for my money. I mean, it, you know, pe- people keep telling me that Craig's in the team to defend, right? He's, he's brought in to be defensive. Um, yeah. You know, like not a linchpin, but, you know, everyone's like, oh, we've got a backbone, now he's in the team. He doesn't defend that goal. And and ultimately that, if, if it, you know, on the balance of the game, I suppose you look at the two disallowed goals that, that we did have, and the goal we actually scored that stood, you know, basically cost us two points that goal. Because as you said, they didn't have any other uh, footings in the game, no other shots, no other opportunities, no other clear cut chances to be able to to get anything out of the game. And he, yeah. he didn't he didn't stop that ball. You know, the, you could look at the defenders, I guess, as you said, 
he can look at Button's position and we're going to talk about the goalkeeping situation um, kind of later on in the pod because we've got a nice email about that. But, you know, th- this is kind of the issue really and, and I'm still... I'm still struggling with Craig to see what he actually brings to the team. I want him to succeed. I want all of our players to succeed, but I'm still not sure what he's actually bringing to this football club at the moment. Um, and that, you know, that goes back to the way that, that Sellers sets us up. I don't think it's the right formation to be playing. Um, you know, there's a number of issues there, really. Um, I guess moving on as well, my other concern or my other issue in the game was that. You know, Nelson Abbey is there to defend. He's there to marshal the defence. He's there to stop the goals in the purest form going into our net. There were a lot of times in the game where he became basically the ball carrier because no one else in midfield was carrying the ball and moving the ball forward until Charlie Savage came on, on what, you know, the 20 minutes before the end or whatever. And that, I'm going you know, to put having, going. Yeah, go put yeah, go That's his job, Ben. I, I okay. So on the right, the way Reading play, right, with their centre backs. Uh, on the right side, they play a passing centre back, and so they played Binden previously, and now they're playing Tom Holmes. Who <laughs> it's quite funny to to think about the that time. We're talking again about the twenty twenty one season when he was playing at right back a load in in Yedom's, um absence when he broke through, and one of the reasons he was playing there is because he can pass. Um, so he he recorded a really high passing accuracy in the first half, Holmes. Um, his job, uh, Reading put a lot of quick passes when they build through the right, but when they build through the left, it's much more carrying the ball based. So they put Abby there, who is by far the highest ball carrier on the team. Like he carries the ball like five times more a game than anybody else on the team. And it's something we've seen work in the Premier League. Um, Sheffield United are a good example of when they were good uh, a few seasons ago. They'd have un- overlapping center backs that would make their way um, pretty far up the field by, by carrying the ball. Um, so for me, that's why Abby's carrying the ball forward. It is what he is being asked to do. And, and you can debate whether that's a good idea or not, for sure. But I think he's being asked to do that. And I guess that's where I, you know, my my frustration comes because you, sh- you shouldn't, you know, I like my defenders to defend. I'm old school, right? I, don't, I want I want my midfielders to get on the ball and be the ball carriers. And we've got yeah. we've got ball carriers in the team. They're just not being played. And that, you know, time and again, uh, you know, I had this this time last year when I wrote a piece about New Year's resolutions and, you know, w- with Paul Ince, like I said, the midfield was an issue. Then it's we got a new manager. The midfield for me is still an issue. It's All right. there could there could be so much more of a balance there. And actually, you just want your defenders to defend. You know, we've we've got players that can get on the ball if they're allowed and and to to play that way. Um, but you know, against better teams, we're going to come unstuck as we've seen already. We're going to get hammered if he keeps doing that because that's, that's what he's been up to. And that that goes back to to the manager. It all goes back to him really and what he's trying to do. So, you know, that's that's kind can of. Can I where say something really at. stupid? I want to say something really stupid. Uh, so we kept 68% possession that first half, and, and by the end of the game, we had had quite a bit again. Uh, let's say something really dumb. So um, we are a pressing team right now. We, If you look at the stats, we are one of the, I think we're like almost in the top three maybe for passes per defensive action from the other team. So we get in people's faces pretty quickly and, and try and get the ball back. This is something that, uh, so possession, getting the ball back really nice and quickly. Who does that remind you of? Oh, it's 2008 to 2012 Barcelona. And that's the next step, right? What's the best way to defend? It's by having the ball and making your opponent chase you over and over and over again. I don't want to watch necessarily. I don't love possession football. But against teams like Lincoln, um, where we can keep that much of the ball, I'm all right with playing like that, whereby we're keeping the ball forever. Sure, maybe we're not defending well. Doesn't matter when they don't get a shot off in the entire game because we have the ball for for the vast majority of the game. So another day, you know, like the second disallowed goal in particular is not offside. Um, so, you know, we win that game. I, th- I think people feel a lot better about it. It looks like we've just gone there and, and dominated that team on their own patch. And we've done it against the team that are, what, a few points outside of the playoffs. So. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm much more positive than you, I guess. Well, I'm not. Yeah, I mean, for the last pod, I got accused of being good. negative. That's what you need. I think it's it's not me being negative. It's it's being realistic. Like I think it. Yeah. You know, looking at Lincoln. So objectively, I look for I looked at Lincoln for about ten fifteen minutes. Right. It was it was probably 
must have been mid-first half I did that. It wasn't the second half. And I just thought, God, they, they're rubbish. And with all due respect to Lincoln, and they're what, yeah, they were right. ninth at the time. And I was just like, this this is how poor this league is, right? And and again, it goes back to my frustrations with how we are set up in games and, and what he's asking these players to do. Because, mm. you know, all I want us to do is go on a rampage of winning games 1-0. That's all I want, right? I just want us to be consistent. I want us to be boring. I want us to be predictable and pick up points. Right, all of which is is kind of completely up beyond the realms of where we actually are. So you know, if we, if we go and win the next three games, one nil, fantastic. That's brilliant for me because that's that's exactly what I want as a fan from a personal point of view. I fully appreciate others want us to get on the ball and all the rest of it. And you know, it's not. I don't want to come across like I'm being negative, but we, we're going to get relegated at the moment. The, the way we currently are and the way, you know, we keep coming away from games going, oh, we nearly did this, oh, the ref was this, or, you know, we had two disallowed goals and stuff. It, it, that can't continue because we, we're going to get relegated and we're going to get cut adrift. And that's my concern heading into January is that we then look at the table and we're like, oh, yeah, we're like six, seven, eight points away from, from being safe, which is yeah. it's just worst case scenario stuff. So all, all I want us to win you know, is is games. That's it, as as everyone listening to. And and you know, there there were some positive elements to the game. Like I thought I thought the ball through from Dorset was superb. I thought the finish was was great from Nibs, who who at the yeah, moment yeah. is is on a real hot streak. You know, Sam Smith showed some good flashes, but again he doesn't get what he needs in the game, which is balls down the middle. He needs balls on the floor. He needs to be able to take people on and get shots across the box. He's not able to do that because the midfield isn't set up that way. So that's everything I look at, I go, okay, that's good, but it could be better because we've got other players that could do that role. That's that's kind of where I'm at, really. And it's, it, it you know, in the grand scheme of things, it, it is a good point. It is a positive point because, you know, as others pointed out against Oxford United, you know, they were seventh when we played them. We got a point off them as well. So, you know, we, we we're able to mix it with these teams. But I just feel that with anyone else in charge, we'd be able to pick up three points from these and we'd be further up the table than we are now, points deduction or not, you know. And and I don't think anyone's crying out for a title charge or a promotion push or, or playoff stampede or whatever. We, we just want to be mid-table safety and kind of know that we're looking up rather than down for once. And it's... yeah. It is difficult, you know. It, it is. It is really difficult. Um, no, that's fair. Because I can I mean, tell one thing that was really weird. I think was was Mark Bowen being in the away end. What What were your thoughts on that? Uh I'm not sure about that one. It's a little bit odd. I feel like he's. Uh, I mean, like uh, I hope everyone was nice to him. I suppose I don't really know what the. What did he think was going to happen with with that one? You know, I, 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 if I was in that position, I just wouldn't want to spend an afternoon with everybody telling me how to do my job for two hours while, you know, something stressful related to my job was happening right in front of me. So maybe I would have picked, you know, with the, the coaches or the, the hospitality, whatever. But yeah, whatever, you know, like we all remember Mike Ashley in the crowd with uh, with his top off enjoying a, a beer or whatever with the Newcastle fans. Like you get... We have some of the players in there as well recently, um, so it happens. Like players, I mean, the players was fairly regular. That's been going on for quite a while, and I, I kind of understand that to a point. Um, I, I assume that that's got less and less as as things have got progressively worse on the pitch and off the pitch as well. But I just, I, you know, as anyone knows, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Mark Bowen. Have been, you know, always written positively about him. You know, met him a few times. Really, really great guy. Or, or comes across like that, but. His his behaviour recently has been a little bit odd in the fact that he obviously went on national TV and, you know, f- threw the owner under the bus. And I'm not going to say that's a bad thing because he deserves that, but it's still a little bit of an odd tack to take when you're still employed by that person, I guess. And I obviously think- the communication from him has not, not really been kind of on point, really, with the fans this season. And then to go in the away end for that game... I mean, I'm not sure what he was going to learn, really. <laughs> that's that's kind of what I'm like. What's is he going in there to go? Actually, everything's all right, or is he just going in there to go? Everything's really awful. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not really yeah. sure on the thinking behind that. I don't know. It is an odd one. I saw. Um, so I don't think this is the case at all. Don't worry. But I saw some somebody from a different team uh, on, on online sort of suggesting, "Oh, how's uh How's Mark Bowen done with you guys? It seems like, you know, things have really gone downhill at Reading since he, you know, joined as sporting director. I was like, you know, you've totally missed the point there about what's been going <laughs> on at Reading. <laughs> like, yeah. 
Mark Bowen is not like the the guy that we're sending, you know, billboards to his house with, hey, get out of here, you know, sort of stuff. So I don't think he's the the one. But it does, to your point, you know, like uh, about it being a bit odd this season, it does at least raise that, you know, maybe there are uh, sub out there that aren't as thrilled with him as, as others are. I, I don't know. I... I maybe he's trying to get a different perspective on the game, right? In terms of literally how you watch it, right? Like sometimes when I coach, I'll go to the other side of the field to see what's going on, you know, yeah. and, and walk around at different angles and things like that. So it is an I, odd I, I guess from a, <clears throat> a fairly positive point of view, he, you know, he did well to pick that one over, you know, Leighton Orient, for example. <laughs> he was just happy or, that we finally yeah. won an away game, you know, and he was like, right, yeah. now I can get to an away game. Maybe he's just an away days lad, you know, he just loves um, it. Do you know what the crux of all this is that you know we only picked up our first sort of win against Wickham, you know, late November for the first time in over a year away, um, and and we've got kind of another sort of not loss, <laughs> if you like, away yeah. from home as well. And I think I think from my point of view, mentally, I'm like, well, we we've won away now, so everything's fine again away from home. When in reality, it's really not. And actually, I suppose when you reflect on that. You know, to, to to keep picking up points away from home is is kind of the key, really, isn't it? You know, you want to yeah. win your home games, but also you want to keep ticking along away from home. And so, I guess in isolation, when you look at that kind of where we've been as a as a club on the pitch, you know, it it, it all in all, it kind of is a positive result, I guess. I'm saying this that really fair. tentatively. I, I, don't, no, I, I don't know if I'm convincing myself or you or anyone listening that it's a positive result, but if the I, ball I think goes it, in. If the ball like is allowed for, or the goal is allowed with the second goal, I think we're all looking all right. Like here we go. Like we beat Wickham mm. away from home, sure, uh, but they, you know, they've been on a pretty downward slope recently, and a lot of the teams that we've managed to beat recently have been on a bit of a downward slope of their own. So fair enough. But with Lincoln, and I'm looking back at just like the the general stats here. Like we went to their place after not winning away for a year and finally getting a win. Came away yeah. with 15 shots to four. They didn't get a single shot on target. We had 66 percent possession, double the number of passes, way higher pass accuracy. Like we absolutely played them off the park. The only thing that we didn't do is score. And there's definitely stuff to be worked out there. Um, but I I think, you know, if all of the legal goals were allowed in that game, then, then we win it. Uh, and, and at that point, we're saying, all right, this is where we're actually at. We're a team that can go to top 10 clubs in this league because it's not that good. Like you talked about mm. and beat them comfortably, not just beat them completely play them off the park so it's really hard to obviously like obviously i sound a bit like a naive optimist on this show i'm I'm sure it is hard to keep saying i promise you we're good when we're in the relegation zone and have been there for two months um but we're we're so much better than this guff with their stupid imp badge, right? Like, and we're gonna beat a bunch of other teams like this this season. I think we'll be out of the relegation zone by the end of January at the latest, and we might even be out there by the end of this month. Personally, I that, and that, honestly, and I've I've said it time and again. I don't care. I've honestly like I've you know historically I've obviously got people and 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 players that I think are oh, fantastic. I absolutely love them. We'll talk about that later on, actually, in terms of past players. Um, managers as well, you know. I'm not, I'm not keen on sellers, but obviously, if he turns it around, great, fantastic. Like you can all send me a piece of humble pie if you want, and I'll, I'll happily do that because I, I just, I do not care. I just want this football club yeah. to be successful, and I, you know, I, I guess it, it, me, it's, it's more like you're saying, oh, we're good. I, I, I kind of am on those lines a little bit, but I see more potential in the team that's just not being met by formations, yeah. by players, all this kind of stuff. So. It's that's we're kind of we're on the right lines, I think. We're just not really doing it consistently or in the right way, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, look, I mean, it, it was kind of there was there was some good points to take out of it. There was some some kind of things to work on, and we'll, we'll talk about Wigan later on in the pod as well. Um, let's let's move on to what we loosely now call the mailbag because um, we've got a few little bits to, to talk about in there and a few other little news items. Is that a thing? Yeah, I suppose it is. Work. Um which we'll we'll come to. So yeah, we'll have a we'll have a short break and then we'll be back with uh some mailbag thingies. Keep up to date with all things Reading FC. Follow the Tilehurst End on Facebook and Twitter. 
This podcast is proudly sponsored by ZCZ Films. Remember, if you want to get involved in sponsoring the show, drop us an email to thetilehurstend at gmail.com. Welcome back to episode 363 of the M podcast. A um, couple of bits, actually, before we, we move on to that. So, I... Um, we're talking, talking about Mark Byrne before the break. Uh, I, you know, obviously he he chose to go into the the away end, and we're kind of questioning that. But actually, we, we've got no idea what it's like to work in the kind of environment that he's working in. So, you know, it, each to their own. If he wants to see that, crack on. It's not it's not a bad thing by any stretch of the imagination. And you're you know, I'm coming from the point of view where I missed three home games in a week because I literally couldn't bring myself to go because I was like, it's just everything's rubbish. But I've I've kind of got over myself now and as a result of that I wasn't on the pod last week which is why it was so successful numbers wise because Ross and Bobbins uh, stepped up stood in jumped in whatever and it was really great so thank you go on I'm sorry I cut you off while you're doing a nice thank you that was awful that's the best I deserve though because I don't think I (laughs) I, I'm such a crap host man like seriously this is not this is why I don't get bothered by the the like the football like the 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 state of the club because I'm more interested in recoveries and interceptions and things like that you know and like as long as that as long as there's football happening but like from from my point of view like I didn't I haven't watched the three games right so there's Mm -hmm. no way I'm going to jump on a podcast and go let's talk about all these games because just for me like it's if I haven't been or I haven't watched the game or whatever there's no way I'm going to talk I try and talk about it because like it's not I just don't think that's what people want to hear. That's just my personal opinion, really. Um, well, but, you Bobbins know, you guys did great. a fantastic job. I really appreciate it. Yeah, yeah, yeah Bobbins is always great. Bless him, yeah. the little idiot. He's, you know, he's he, he writes some good stuff as well. I saw you give him a shout-out as well, and I've, I've been writing a column for, like, four years. Well, I'll give you a shout-out this weekend, then. We'll make that we'll make, while I'm in my jet lag stupor, uh, maybe or maybe not in the stadium, I'll send you a shout-out. I was I was writing a match day column during COVID when I couldn't physically go to the games. I mean, that's yeah. come on. I should have got an award for that. Something like that. Something in like my head, that. I did. Anyway, yeah. it doesn't matter. Um, we've had an email from Patrick Bale. I nearly said Boyle. Bale. Okay. We we absolutely we've said it before. We say it again. We absolutely adore an email question. Love it. The more email questions we get, the happier we are because it's just brilliant. And I I like reading them out as well because it's a bit like um I don't know like an agony aunt type thing. Hmm. Is that you know? Do you know what I mean? Like a like a yeah yeah, like a yeah. Thera- a- not a therapy thing. Well, no, it's that's you know part, like that's- on this morning yeah, I used to this segment with this old lady and she, people would ring in and she'd yeah. go she'd talk them through all their problems and stuff. It's a bit like this. Yeah yeah yeah. We're the back yeah. pages yeah. of the teen magazine on how to navigate. Yeah. Hey, move on. Talk about football. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, anyway, it, it is about Reading. Uh, it's not about puberty. Right. Yes. He says, and I quote, and people always think I'm lying when I say this, but he's literally written this. Great show, gents. One of the few podcasts that I subscribe to and keep my attention. Nice. Not my words. The words of Patrick Bale, Ross. He loves right. it. Nice. Get so out thank of you, Patrick. Totally football show. Um, yeah. Something for discussion. On episode 362, ooh, backstory. You touched upon our goalkeeping situation, and as Button hadn't done much wrong, it's difficult to swap him out. I do tend to agree, however, looking at the stats, we rank as second bottom of clean sheets. And he's actually inserted a hyperlink, which I did look at, and he's he's right. He is right. Um, I know we had a Dow nil-nil at home to, sh- to a shocking Burton team, but I'm struggling to remember the others. A goalie is more than a shot-stopping as a good keeper commands those around him. Unless we figure out a way to keep consecutive clean sheets... What did I say before? One nils of the future. Uh, we will never rise up from this division. Keen to hear you discuss it. Patrick from Shropshire. I love that. And he's also put in brackets, you know, the place where we suffered a shocking 3-2 loss to Shrewsbury, where I unfortunately saw live with my daughter. Oh, I'm, oh, so there's I'm emotional sorry. baggage there as well. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad one. It's a good question, though, isn't it? Clean sheets are a tough... I don't know. Clean sheets are a tough metric for goalkeepers because they're so defined by like what else was going on around them. So like last season or like a couple of seasons ago when we were playing Luke Southwood for a little bit, uh, there was a period where he wasn't able to keep a clean sheet. And I think that there were parts of that that were on him. And then there were parts of it that were on the fact that we were completely naff um, in the in the first half of uh, Paunovic's last season. So, so that was part of what was going on there. 
But communication um, that was mentioned there is definitely a problem with Button. And that's kind of goes back to that <clears throat> that first um, goal that I was talking about, the Lincoln score the other day, whereby there's four players in a line who are just not communicating properly there. And I think a lot of that goes back to Button. Because you talk about goalkeepers commanding their box. Button doesn't do that. And he doesn't communicate, you know, and like organize his players. We saw that in the goal that was scored a few weeks ago by Carlisle, where Binden and Button are just having an argument rather than cutting out the cross. I think this is why Holmes has come back into the team. Um, because I think Sellers knows he's not quite as good on the ball, but he's fine. He's had to, he's changed. If you watch Holmes now versus where he was in August, clearly two months on the training ground playing in Sellers' style has changed his style a bit. Um, but he communicates and he talks and he was on his man um, when Reading were scored on there. Um, and he was the only one in that group of five guys who you could say is on a man and, and still communicating. So yeah, I think there's there's something to be said for for um, button not stringing together clean sheets. But I think that the email touch you know t- by touching on communication is kind of hitting a large part of the of the issue there for me. I mean, let's be honest. We've not had a a, a keeper keeper as in keeper that you want to keep since well since Alhapsi really. Yeah. Um, obviously, Martinez was in there as well, and he you know he was great, and and people rightly look back at his loan spell with with great fondness um i enjoyed Raphael at times i enjoyed Raphael. yeah but again the temperament the temperament was wrong for the club at the time you know you look at our habs and you just know what you were going to get but honestly he was he was just great and and i don't know if that's because it was it was kind of a fairly positive time for the club in in a lot of respects i don't know but he was just he was just very very good and and i think Looking at our goalkeepers now, <clears throat> I I would probably make a swap. I I probably would, um, I probably would put Joel in for for Button. Um, Do you know what's funny? Um, I but, thought you were saying make a swap for Ali Al Habsi there, and he and I think he played for Palestine maybe the other day, so he is still available, yeah. still out there. Yeah, well, you should wait your magic. You should go go networking and get him on the pod because that'd be a All great right. show. That would be a good one, actually. He seems like Try a lot happen. Do, right. do some do some networking. Someone you may you know must know it. All right, I'm working on Habzu right now. Ali, give us a call if you uh, if you uh, if you fancy if chatting. Listening to this, yeah, yeah, that'll be a good one. Somehow, if, right. you're, if you're listening to this, let us yeah. know. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a great great email, Patrick. Really appreciate you a listening and b kind of taking the time to to send your question and um or or theory or whatever it was. But, but for me personally, I would I would swap the goalkeepers. Yeah, but I, yeah, you know, realistically, I don't think he will. I don't think he will. No, I don't think um, he will either. So yeah, I'm with that's you. The, um, right. What did I have down? Uh, we had uh, the first question I asked. I mean, we didn't really get too much engagement, which you probably expect this time of year, really. Um, what present would you give the club apart from a new owner? Yeah. And then number two, if you could have one Reading FC player, past or present, nearly said future. I was like, how does that even work? It's like the you know the the, the free ghosts or whatever at Christmas. Like, how could you have a future Reading player? Nonsense. Uh, uh, around your house for Christmas dinner. I'll start again. If you could have one Reading FC player, past or present, round your house for Christmas dinner, who would it be and why? Um, Bobbins has changed his name to Ball Balls, which is just weird. Like, yeah, there's no need no, for that. I know it's Christmas, but that's just nonsense. No, he does that every um, Well, to the answer to both questions I asked, he put Graham Murty, which okay. is a fair, I guess. Okay. Um, Benjamin Vickers, the Benjamin Vickers mailbag, which I think nice. we've kind of unofficially sponsored by now. Pretty sure. Um, he, he said, Shaka Hislop. We'd have jerk okay. chicken, rice and peas, and Guinness, Guinness punch afterwards. Do you know That's that Shaka is a that. over here? We we still get quite a lot of Shaka on TV, which is nice. So uh, he's you still find is he, on ES, is he on ESPN or something? I think so. Yeah, I think I think it's that one. I'm trying to remember now which which channel it is over here. But yeah, he actually suffered a um, something happened to him uh, on air recently. So I hope he's hope he's doing all right with his mm. recovery and everything like that. Can I give you my answer quickly? I want to go. Hold for, on, I'm just going to oh, do the mail. Go, go, yeah, quick, yeah, yeah. Quick one on Shaka Hislop. He, Shaka Hislop was one of my first heroes ever, not just in football, but just ever. I, I love him. Absolutely love him. 
Um, Alistair says uh, past player would be Yaku because you'd keep your spirits up. And then the present would be Harvey Nibs. I think Harvey Nibs would be pretty good around the dinner table, to be honest. He's, yeah, I think he's he'd be a, pretty good. I think so. He'd buzz around. He'd get your uh, gravy to you nice and quickly. You know, yeah, I think I agree. He was. Um, who would you who would you have around the dinner table then, past and present? Yakubu. I think that would be very, very funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I just I just I just like I just love them. He's got a bit of that. You know, we talked about Royston Drantha with Nick Blackman a, a few weeks ago and, and how he was a bit of a character yeah. and all these kinds of things, but I think I'd like to I don't know. I feel like Yakubu's got some stories, but I don't think I'd be able to tolerate him for longer than a couple hours. Like I'm I'm sure he's a rowdy lad. Uh, or just an interesting lab, but I think, I think just with him being a bit of a, a cult hero and a, and a cult player, uh, I, I uh, yeah, I'm inviting Yakubu over for dinner. I'd I'd say he's probably had one of the best smiles this club has ever seen, Yakubu. Yeah, yeah, and he scored. He had I, such I, a smiley, great face. Yeah, yeah. I just liked Yakubu. Well, you know, I thought it, it was in that era where maybe, you know, and again, we talked about this with Nick, whereby, um, you know, Reading were starting to get away from their, what had made them into like this club on the rise when they, when they picked up Yakubu. Mm. Um, and certainly that, that continued to be the case. But at the time, it wasn't completely clear to us yet that that was what was going on, I don't think. And uh, I just found it very amusing where, when we had Yakubu. He is a classic Barclays player. I I got more text from people in my friendship group that weren't um, <clears throat> Reading fans or interested in Reading uh, than uh, rather I when Yakubu signed I got the most text off my friends who didn't care about Reading because they were like yeah. oh my god can we come and watch Yakubu I was like well I don't think he'll play much but yeah crack on yeah like, whatever yeah. and they did they they all came to watch him because he was he was a big draw like he was a real you know, Americans call it marquee signing, don't they? But he was massive for us at the time. He's your, you know, in terms uh, of a, you know, a he's your franchi- franchise player. That would be the the, the term that they yeah. use. Up there. He yeah. was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, mine would be mine would be Liam Moore uh, because mm. I'd love to ask him what happened and yeah. why it happened. Yeah, you know, he was, he was captain in this club in the, in the most traumatic worldwide thing you could probably have really apart from an apocalypse i guess right um he was he was kind of a legend and then he wasn't he was publicly outed by the club and then he wasn't like it, it was all just really really odd um and i i actually think he was a good player i actually think he was really really good um so for me i'd just love to sit there and just pick his brains but i don't know what we do yorkshire puddings maybe i don't know i don't know yeah um yeah, but be he I just think he'd be really, he'd be really good value from a Reading point of view to kind of ask him all these questions that I've got because we haven't heard from him, have we? He's not really done too much no. for Reading since he's, he's no, he has, and he was, you know, he was so, someone who used to talk a little bit, but yeah, he's certainly gone quiet since uh, since leaving since leaving Reading. I think I think he kind of got for good reason very tired of social media, so so that was a, a large part of it for yeah. for him, unfortunately. I think so. But yeah, we we wish him well. well he, was, uh, he, he, was always, he was always really well thought of by staff at the club as well. You know, everyone I spoke to was always like, Liam was great. Like he does a lot for the community trust, blah, 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 blah. So yeah, I'd just be really interested to pick his brains, to be honest. Yeah. The other one I thought of was Bobby Mihailov, who was the Bulgarian goalkeeper that we had. I think he signed in 95 after the 94 World Cup. And there is a urban legend that he only signed for Reading because his agent showed him the uh, playoff final that we had in 94 uh, against Bolton, which we lost. Everyone knows we lost. Um, and he thought that Wembley was our home ground. Mm. Back where he signed. Nice. And then nice. he turned up at Elm Park. <laughs> in the middle of Tyler's. And he was like, what is this place? Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I'd, yeah, I'd, get him round, I'd get him around. There you go. Yeah. Oh. I mean, crazy. So yeah, they're, they're the two. Um, talking of, of misunderstood people, uh, Ajaria has left the club of what we have been told is mutual consent. Um, thoughts on that, Ross? Ajaria going? Um, I find it a bit of an odd one because like, 
we discussed Ajaro at the start of the season and whether he would be able to make an impact now that we're down in League One and, and maybe his, you know, his skills would be even more useful or whatever. But I think the thing that by that point, it was it, it seemed quite clear to me that whatever was going on between him and the club, it just wasn't working. It wasn't going to work out. And I think we both said we've probably seen the last of him in a Reading shirt, you know, this summer. So, um yeah, it's been nice to see, you know, like the the highlights of some of his good performances again. But most of those are two years upwards now, really more like four years ago. Um, so I think that he's been one of these players that suffered from expectation for a long time, whereby we, you know, we think, oh, once we get him back, we'll be good again. And it just hasn't really been the case for for such a long time. Um, I feel I feel like watching him in his last couple seasons. With that Fulham game removed, obviously, it was more like watching. It was like watching Mamadi Kamara or Makairu or someone like that, whereby it's somebody that you can see flashes of talent at the moment, um, but they're not the the full complete project. That's a little bit harsh to throw Kamara and Makairu together because they're different stages of their career, obviously. But yeah, so it's a shame with Ijaria, but I I think if you look at the what is it the four seasons that he spent here. Um, you can kind of nicely split it up into the first two and the back two. And the first two, yeah, great player. And on his day, one of the best players in the championship, let alone League One. But the last two seasons, something hasn't been working out for him um, between him and the club. And it's been quite clear for quite a long time. It's not going to work out. So probably the best move for all parties at, at this time. Yeah, I mean, one hundred percent. I mean, I, I would imagine doing very loose calculations that it, you know his his contract, as we know, is due to expire in the summer. So, what July of this year? This year, next year, twenty twenty four. We're not there yet. Um, so, what two hundred grand, maybe two hundred and fifty ballpark ish, I guess. Which is you know where we are as a club is an awful lot of money. That's that's other people's jobs <laughs> to protect, really, in terms of of pulling that wage in. I I, I do think that he's been made you know, a scapegoat, a little bit like Liam Moore we talked about earlier, um, by by kind of consecutive managers. And I think some of the, the comments publicly by those managers is, is not, for me, is, is not sat well at all. You know, by all means, go after people in private. That's that's between, you know, manager and player. That's, that's you know, part of the course in football. But actually, you know, the, the, to, to have you know, consecutive managers really call him out publicly. I just, I just don't think that was ever going to end well. And, you know, I don't think it reflects on the man management of those, those managers at all, really. So yeah, for me, it's, um, it's, it's tricky. It is tricky. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll see, we'll see what happens with that and where he pans out. So it's, um, it's going to be interesting to see where we go from that one, really. Uh, talking of, of other people leaving the club, we are told, um, well, this is a difficult one, really. It's, you know, without being dramatic, it, it's kind of, we have some information, but it's not it's not the information, if that makes sense. So we know that there's redundancies that's come out today via uh, different channels. Um, we just don't know uh, where those redundancies are happening in terms of which uh, bracket of the club, which department of the club. And I think, as with as with most things in the, in the club at the moment, this this may have been planned. Uh, it may be to do with relegation. It may be to do with the, the dire financial situation in the club. Uh, but, you know, it, again, we're in a situation where, we, as fans, we're trying to piece together the information whilst also remembering that actually these people are losing their jobs and it's their livelihood. And that's that's the most important thing here. So, yeah. you know, if, if if anyone is listening to this and they're affected by the redundancies, we you know, wish you the best of luck moving forward, um, regardless of, of what department or what, what job you fulfilled. It's absolutely horrendous and, and and we know as fans that this is this is where we're at as a club but you know we have to remember that we're, we're dealing with um with real people here and you know it's 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 their mortgages and, and their bills and everything else so and same as we said like when the when people these are some people who will have been not paid on time as well in in recent times so like in terms of like a redundancy package or whatever i'm not going to speculate obviously but you wonder what's going on there too so yeah it's it's really heartbreaking especially around this time of year so um and i and i feel like with a lot of people ending up working who work for a club 
you know, I would imagine that maybe you can, you know, the, the, the people who work at the club better than I do, but I imagine most people who work for the club support the club too. Um, so, you know, so, so losing a job at the club you support has got to be even a a bit more of a kick in the teeth than just losing a job at spec savers or whatever. So, um, it's always a weird phrase, but I guess my, my heart goes out to those people. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, you know, we, we don't know exactly who, is due to lose their jobs or has lost their jobs in this past week. Um, as we said, in, in we don't know in what departments. We, we kind of have an idea, but that's not, you know, for us to, to kind of speculate really. So, yeah, look, it's it's horrible and it's it's where we're at and it's um, it's just trash, absolutely trash for for those people. So we we do uh, we do share our kind of good wishes on behalf of the podcast and and I guess you know fans listen to this as well and and hope that that things improve for, for you guys moving forward um we, we're going to look at kind of like a truncated is that is that a good word to use i, I like that word yeah i like it yeah well we, look the games are coming in quick succession we, we established that earlier um yep. we kind of got four to to, to to look forward to in the next week and a bit um so we, we're going to start with with the preview against wigan which is uh three o'clock on Saturday, live at the Select Carlisle Stadium. Um, so we're going to do that in the uh, preview right now. There's another huge game ahead for the Royals. So be loud and be proud for the big match preview. Alrighty, uh, four games coming up in the next well week and a half, really. Um, Wigan, first of all, uh, first up at home. Uh, our friends from the north, you know, we great kind of connection with those guys over the last few years for for obvious reasons in terms of how our clubs have, have been run or rather not run um so yeah it'd be good to, to kind of see those guys really and my experience of Wigan fans always been really positive you know going up there and and just you know they're, they're good people um good people so you know we hope that, that after Saturday they, they continue to have a, an all right season and keep picking up points really um Ross, we, we could talk about team selection, but I think deep down we know that he's not going to change it, really, even though he, he probably should to be on the more attacking foot. What do you um what do you expect from the game on Saturday against the Latics? Tricky to know, because Wigan kind of had the start that I think a lot of Reading fans would have wanted to have, or the reaction to a points deduction that a lot of Reading fans would have wanted Reading to have, and that they took a what an even bigger points deduction than us uh, at the at the start of the season, I, I, I think, and yet they 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 burst out of the traps and they were um, they were out in the relegation zone really quickly from from what I remember. Now they've started to slow down, um, and their last five they've only won one. Um, so they've actually won fewer games than us, um, in the last five in the league, um, which is, you know, saying something, you really got to go some way there. Um, I think it's at home. Um, we're already playing some pretty decent football. Like I said, um, we should be able to, to dominate this game in, in my opinion and, and, and win. Um, I do think we need to get back on winning ways though, because if we don't, then we're going to start to have to talk about the sort of malaise again. And you just, you really don't want to be sort of, you know, mucking around with not being in good form when you are in the relegation zone. So I, I think we'll win this one um, because we're going to have started to falter after coming out of the traps really hot. But um, if we don't win, then especially going into a busy period, like you say, um, maybe some of my concerns are going to become a little bit more to the fore, I'd say. Yeah, I mean, you know, looking over what they've got, they they seem to have a fairly settled squad in terms of of you know um, players starting. I mean, they're they're seventeenth in the league to twenty three points, which quite honestly is is you know dream world <laughs> compared to where we are, we are at the moment. We have seven um, points deducted, so I, I'll, I'll go look this up while you uh, continue. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, they, you know, they've they've got some. Some more right players. They got uh, Wyke up front. Who's is it? Wyke? That's how you say it. Doing a Tim Deller here, but yeah, yeah. Uh, six. He's got six goals. Not too bad, is it really? Humphreys. Uh, yeah. You know, he's got six as well. So yeah, look. I mean, they're fairly settled. I like the manager as well. I think he's. I think he's quite. A, he's done quite well to settle them down. I think you know they they have had a bit of an interesting season, but 
they've been able to kind of pick up the points and, and keep ticking over. And it, you know, realistically, you're looking at them to, to be sort of mid table. Um, I, yeah. I agree with you. We have to win our home games. Mm-hmm. This is a really good opportunity to do that. Um, you know, we've got two away games in, in kind of quick succession with Peterborough away on Boxing Day and then Cheltenham, um, well, almost a week away next Friday, which, you know, again, we'll, we'll, I mean, that's that's a must win, Cheltenham away. For, you know, forget Peterborough, that's going to be a very, oh, yeah. very difficult task altogether. Um, and then we have Exeter at home on, on New Year's Day. So you've got three games that you'd look at and you'd, you'd really be targeting nine points. Like you don't want to be going into those games and trying to settle for a draw or, or nicking something off them. You, you really want to, you want to come out and start really positive against Wigan. That'll set us up nicely for this block of four games. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, look at, look at Cheltenham and Exeter as, as your next kind of point level. Really. It's, it, you know, as we've said, we've, we've, we've always got enough in the squad to be able to, to compete with these players players these teams we just don't we just don't do it i almost though would have liked if we had a reverse i was going to say like the order of these i wouldn't mind if it was a little bit like i don't love that peterborough second because if we have a bad result against wigan then we've got to go and take our hardest game of the of the four games while we're on a downward trend like if we had Cheltenham right after wigan that'd be nice because that does feel like money in the bank um because they are rubbish um and then extra have been playing absolutely dreadfully since we smashed them 9-0 so um, it would have been nice to have one of those two second and then we go at Peterborough last in this sort of group of um, you know this this larger this larger group of games but you know reality is what reality is so I can't complain about that but if we don't get off to a good start against Wigan um, you know in this block of games Peterborough could be a tricky one on Tuesday because they are second and they're playing relatively consistently I mean, it's absolutely foolish to say, but if, if we get nine points out of those 12, mm-hmm. that would currently put us in 16th. Yeah. Which obviously, you know, it won't be the case because, you know, other teams are playing, of course, and they'll pick up points and, and drop points and whatever. But, you know, if, if someone said to you at the end of this block of games, you'd be 16th, you'd, you'd snap their hand off, wouldn't you? There's really a reality um, I can, that I can see, like a very, I could, I can, all right, this, this will be the end of my needless positivity and, and optimism or over the top naivety, but I can see a reality where, where we're out of the relegation zone by the time I'm in the stadium on January 1st. I can see that being a reality for sure. I, I, yeah, I mean, you know, they... <laughs> Christmas is always a really key time for for clubs that are trying to do something, and and by that I mean not just coasting in mid table. Um, you know the, the amount of games that you have and the the, the less in the recovery time and and maximising the squad. You know as as we continually say at the end of these pods on on the previews, his team selection is is really telling of where he's currently at in terms of how he expects to to kind of do in these games. Um, and again, that probably sounds like a really obvious thing to say, but I, I think against Wigan, he will start with the team, exactly the team that, um, that started against Lincoln on Saturday. However, uh, Harvey Nibs has been ill this week. He's not featured really much in training at all. So there is likely to be uh, a change in Ben Elliott coming in almost like a straight swap, even though I don't think that's the right thing to do. I like Ben Elliott, but I don't think a straight swap is the right thing. Anyway, well, stop talking well, about the midfield. We so, talked about, but we talked about wanting to bring Elliott further inside. So if he, I, that's actually, I didn't know that Nibs was sick. That's the worst thing you could have told me because he's been playing great. But if that frees up the position for Elliott to come inside and play more centrally in that sort of attacking midfield position that Nibs has been doing recently. I could see him. Mm. That could be a breakout game for him. So you know, silver linings. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll see, we'll see what happens there. Um, we'll see what happens. But I, I think, you know, it it will roughly be, you know, if if it's one, if there's one change, just because it's forced, I think he will in his head will want to set up exactly how he set up against Lincoln. Um, then it depends how the result goes in terms of how that moves to Peterborough. We get a win against Wigan with that team. He's not going to change it for Peterborough. So it. <laughs> It, it yeah. is very it potentially interchangeable, but there is a reluctance there, I think, to, to start certain players for whatever reason. Um, and so kind of moving forward, you, you have to look at the back end of that block of games in terms of Cheltenham Exeter and say, look, we've got to get six points out of these. You know, mm-hmm. <laughs> Exeter, as you say, have been an absolute 
dire form, like really, really bad form. Um, and if we're not turning up on, on the first game of, of the new calendar year to win, what's the point? You know, so, I am with yeah. Worst case scenario, we lose, we lose all those games and we really are like cut adrift and we're going to get relegated, simple as that. However, we get nine points and we start looking a lot higher up than we than we previously were. So, you know, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting times. It's it's a lot of points there to play for. I think we have a little break after Exeter. I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. I haven't looked that far ahead. I think there might be a little break. Yeah, I think you're right because it gets um, weird with the EFL trophy game against the Brighton children and all of that kind of fun stuff. That's, so yeah, that's straight in, isn't it? Yeah, that's that's the eighth, isn't it? Is that the eighth? Something like Something that. Like yeah, I'm I'm not 100 percent sure off the off the top of my head. Um, yeah. Maybe. Anyway, look, there's a lot of games to look forward to. There's a lot of football. Um, a lot of people are obviously going up to to Peterborough and then across to Cheltenham, which is a cracking part of the world and and. Uh, you know okay. they're they're really trying hard to accommodate away fans uh, this season, so you know enjoy that. Um, I don't know when we'll be back. I don't, I'm not sure when we we'll do our next pod. I want to do well, like a yeah. wrap up of this. We'll, we'll, we'll work it out. There, yeah. there will be one. Yeah, there there'll be one between Christmas and New Year, uh, probably. Who knows? There will be. There imagine. will be. Yeah, we'll work it out. I'll be back in the UK, so it'll be easier to find a time that we can. Uh, do all of that together I think so looking forward to recording from exactly. uh, the right hand side of the Atlantic exactly yeah across the stormy seas yeah. um, before we go just to sign off with um, the players were at uh, Royal Berkshire Hospital this week as they as they always do which is I love that it's one of my favourite uh, things of, of the season that they do I think it's fantastic I know a lot of other clubs do it but it's just um, it's such a worthy cause. So, you know, it's, it's yeah. great to, to kind of see the photos and the, and the players doing that and, and visiting the kids and stuff because it's just, it's just brilliant. And talking of kids, uh, my son actually listens to this. Uh, he's eight years old. Some of you might know that, which is why I was cringe when Ross starts swearing. Because, oh, like, oh my God, don't, don't it's swear. A... That's fine. It's all right. You quite yeah, yeah. Um, But I want to just kind of, I know that he's, I mean, he, he normally starts listening to it just before he goes to bed. So he normally gets like mailbag and he's asleep. But if he is, if he does make it to the end of the pod, I just want to say well done. He is currently a top scorer for his under nines team. He's got thirteen nice. goals uh, go. this season, which is which is great for him. And they've they've kind of stepped up. They've gone from five aside to seven aside, oh, and it's yeah, like yeah. Um, it's been a big step up for him, like real yeah. big step up for him. But he's you know all the players have coped really well with it. But you know he's he's kind of really chuffed for himself to to get those goals. So awesome. long way that continue and and well done, mate. Really really yeah. proud of you. Um, Thank you. Thanks to everyone who's listened to this first half of the season with myself and Ross taking over from yeah, we appreciate uh, the wonderful guys. Martin Mayo who left in the summer. Um, we do, don't we? We do appreciate the listens and we do appreciate the interactions and um, we just we just like chatting about football, really. Um, particularly Reading, I think. Do we? I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah, we do. I'm going to let you in on a little secret, listeners. <laughs> There, 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 there was a little technical difficulty right then and there. So this is why I'm looking forward to recording from the right hand side of the Atlantic next week. You know, when we're the internet connection is a little bit closer together. There's no, there are sharks gnawing yeah. on the undersea cable right now, and I'll be happy to be <laughs> shot of them next week. Yeah, so it's all those, those, yeah, whatever, yeah, sharks and stuff. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah that set me off now. Stupid. Anyway. Um, have a really good Christmas. Enjoy what you're doing. Uh, enjoy the football. Try and enjoy the football. Let's hope we can get some points on the board. Um, if you don't do Christmas, enjoy the break and the time off and, and everything else. And uh, we will we will have a pod for you at some point. At <laughs> some point next week. I, I, our, our New Year's resolution is to just get ourselves sorted out so that we can get it out at the start of the week. That's, no, no, no. that's what we set up to do originally. Yeah. Well, yeah, but you know, times change. Thing, things happen, so it's all right. We, like we said, we appreciate you guys listening whenever, it, whenever it comes out, and blame the weather in Maine. Uh, so you know, if you need something to blame it on, yeah, all right, exactly. Um, if you haven't, if you haven't got us to blame, blame it on this, yeah, yeah. Have a good one, Ross. Take care. Have a safe flight. We will see you in a couple of days. I guess. Yeah, looking forward to um, it. Happy holidays, everyone. And uh, and we'll we'll see you uh, on the other side of it. So yeah, take care. All the best. Merry Christmas. And uh, come on, Reddit. <laughs>